Chapter 6 Hear Me Out Just as he'd said, Sirius had fallen asleep in his lap. Well, it wasn't so much in his lap as between his legs. After dinner and souffle, they had spent the rest of the night talking, much as they had done the night before, falling asleep a bit before dawn, the top half of Sirius resting on his stomach, the lower half nestled between his legs. Once Remus had admitted that he was still in love with Sirius, He'd stated that he had fallen in love with him again, but the truth was he had never fallen out of it in the first place. It all suddenly felt so much easier, mostly because of the way Sirius had responded to it. Strangely, it was comforting to hear that Sirius was having the same doubts that Remus had been having, the fear that maybe too much time had passed, the fear that maybe this would all end the same way it had the first time. With Sirius's face pressed into his stomach just then, somehow Remus couldn't fathom that possibility. The affection in his heart surged wildly with every breath through Sirius's lips. Before Remus could wake Sirius, his mobile vibrated on the coffee table next to him and he carefully reached out, moving as little as possible so that he didn't wake Sirius on top of him. Blinking into the bright light of the face of his phone, Remus unlocked his phone to find a text from Pete. Please tell me you're going, was all it said. A furrow clouded his brow as he struggled to reply with one hand, the other buried somewhere underneath the curve of Sirius's arm and wrapped partly around Sirius's waist. Going to what? he asked simply, no punctuation. It was far too early in the morning to care. Pete's reply was almost instantaneous, the phone in his hand buzzing softly, but Sirius stirred at the same moment, stretching out between Remus's legs and moaning into his belly. And Remus stiffened at the stimulating movement in more ways than one. With a prolonged exhale, Sirius looked up, blinking. Morning, he mumbled with a drowsy smile, his chin pressed into Remus's stomach and his throat humming out his deep vocalization straight down into Remus's hips. Remus swallowed heavily. Morning, he repeated, not realizing he was biting down on his bottom lip until Sirius's attention was drawn directly to it, his skin beginning to sting a bit from the overbearing pressure. As Sirius shifted, Remus couldn't help but arch his back with an indelicate breath, trying to minimize further provocation. But his effort was wasted as Remus's sternum came to rest precisely in the center of Remus's hips. His silver eyes widened a touch. Mooney, he breathed out cautiously, untangling his arms around Remus's waist so that he could push himself up over where Remus was lying on the cushions, sliding up without giving Remus a single reprieve from the pressure of Sirius pressed to his swollen skin. But, he called out on an empty breath, his hips inherently twitching towards the weight of Sirius's skin, desperate for the friction it left behind, as Sirius moved ever forward until their lips, their hips, were aligned. With his sharpened gaze on Remus's face, Sirius slightly rolled his hips into Remus's, just once, as if a test of how Remus would react. The feeling of Sirius pressed against him hard and warm left Remus with only a single response. With a helpless, fluttering breath, he softly panted out, Fuck. Oh, 
Sirius breathed out into Remus's open, waiting mouth, leaning in to tease Remus with an ethereal ghosting of his lips. As Sirius let the whole of his weight rest atop Remus and Remus began to lift his knees to let his legs wrap around Sirius's hips, a violent knocking came at Remus's front door. Remus, it's Pete! Open up! He shouted impatiently as Remus and Sirius went sickly still. Fuck, Remus said again, still helpless, but for an altogether different reason. Oh, the balcony. Sirius nodded with a frustrated snarl in his lips, arching into Remus one more time out of pure spite that their moment had been broken, before pushing himself angrily off the sofa and gathering the articles of his clothing strewn around the room. I could fucking kill him for this. Stall him. Uh, give me ten seconds, Pete. I'm stark naked, Remus called out, warranting a very pitiful, wanting glare from Sirius as he pulled on his leather boots. Sorry, it's all I could think of. If you'd let me do this last night, you wouldn't be having to answer the front door with a hard-on, Sirius growled as his lascivious stare flittered down Remus's waist and back up again. Remus let his eyebrow spike. You act like those events are mutually exclusive. I am absolutely certain we could have done this last night and I would still have a hard-on at this moment. With a tight, deliberate clench of his teeth, Sirius stood, boots unlaced, as he stomped towards the balcony door. And you act like I forgot that you used to have the refractory period of a teenage boy who just discovered masturbation for the first time. Sirius scoffed, quietly trying to open the squeaking balcony door and wincing at every creak it made. Luckily, Pete had begun pounding on the door again. Used to... Remus clarified with a tilt of his head, that arrogant brow still raised. Still do. Oh, fuck. Sirius seethed through gritted teeth, throwing his head back in agony for a moment before he slipped through the crack in the balcony door. I hope you know I'll be wanking over this. I'd be disappointed if you didn't. Remus smiled triumphantly, but Sirius just looked on with expectation until Remus added, Don't pretend you don't know, I'll be doing the same. With satisfaction, Sirius let his smile transition into fondness. I had a lovely time last night, he said, letting his fingers draw feather-light lines up and down Remus's abdomen. Finding it difficult to let Sirius leave, Remus leaned heavily on the doorframe trying to get closer to Sirius's ephemeral touch. You say that like it was a date, Remus replied under a knowing smile. Oh, it was very much a date, Sirius said, closing one eye in that familiar argumentative way. No, not yet, Remus said slowly, purposefully. We've only just become friends. At first, Sirius opened his mouth to argue again, but the willful look on Remus's face had him closing it again. Friends? He asked, watching Remus attentively, a smile growing across his face. Are we finally friends again? There was trepidation in his gaze like he expected all of this momentum to dissolve. Well, not quite, Remus said with a shrug and a smile. After all, none of my other friends wake up between my legs the way you do. The silver in Sirius's eyes shone in the early morning sun. Right. Sirius smirked proudly. I'd very much like to do that again, maybe with a little less in between us next time. 
His fingers, still trailing soft trails along Remus's stomach, slipped around his waist. When can I see you again? Remus asked without pause or pretense. Suddenly, Sirius's face brightened with excitement and he bit down on his lip that way he did when he was plotting something. Oh, didn't I tell you? He asked, his mouth curling into a dangerous leer. Before Remus had time to ask, the pounding on the front door began again without break as Pete started yelling. He shouted, voice muffled. With insistence in his gaze, Remus turned back to Sirius, who watched the door clatter with amusement. Tell me your devious plot later. Go, he urged, and without thinking, he quickly slipped his hand around Sirius's neck and pulled him in, kissing him fiercely and fervently for a moment before realization struck. As he pulled away in surprise, he found a similar expression on Sirius's face, dark eyebrows high on his forehead, wide silver eyes unblinking, aching breath moving from his still open lips. Oh, shit. A laugh from Sirius's lips broke Remus from his panic. Not really the thing you want a guy to say after he's just kissed you, he said as he moved towards the fire escape ladder. Remus recovered sharply. Mm, I only said it because I realized afterward that I should have added tongue. He called softly as Sirius made it to the ground, looking up with an incited gaze. I really want to feel that stud. Then you'll just have to imagine what it feels like. Sirius replied as he walked towards the woods behind the shop, spinning to look at Remus as he added, and I don't just mean in your mouth. He inhaled far too deep a breath, running his fingers through his hair as he watched Sirius walk away. Just before he disappeared into the brush, he turned and stuck his tongue out wide, stud exposed. Fuck me. That shuddering breath went seething out from between his fingers as he moved them up over his face just in time to feel the flush that spread through it. It took him a bit longer to convince himself to come down from the high of being on the receiving end of the advances of Sirius Black sucking in the cool morning air and trying to ignore the fantasy Sirius had created around that damn metal stud. When he finally moved to the front door, he pulled it open violently and Pete half stumbled inside, having been leaning on the door in his effort to beat it down. About bloody time, he huffed. What is so goddamn important? Remus breathed out fire. At first, Pete glanced into Remus's flat as if looking for someone who is no longer inside. He contorted his face into a keen expression. Interrupting something, am I? He asked astutely, looking at Remus with a Cheshire grin and an eyebrow risen to his hairline, amusement in his accusation. And you said you weren't up here, wank. Remus interrupted before Pete could finish his thought. You ruined a perfectly good dream is all, thank you very much. He explained in a half-truth as he pulled Pete into the flat. After all, waking up to Sirius Black between his legs, with Sirius Black waiting at his lips. God, it certainly felt like a dream. Mm -hmm. And which one was this? Pete asked, never one to let Remus suffer silently when he could give him hell for it. Was it the dream where he takes you right on the back counter of the shop, or the one where he gives you head in the bedroom of your parents' house, or the one where you give him... Oh, for God's sake, Pete, I get it. Remus groaned, pushing his fingers through his hair again. I'm just saying. Pete shrugged, totally indifferent to discussing the sex life of his best friend, imagined or not. 
It must have been a sex dream. You're awfully flushed, Ramus. That only made it worse. Did you rush up here just to analyze my sexual fantasies, or is there something a bit more important that you wanted to talk to me about? Remus sneered. In the same moment, Pete held up his mobile directly in front of Remus's face, and Remus had to lean back in order to actually get a look at it. Sirius posted this to his insta last night, Pete stated, his voice vibrating with excitement. It was a black image with white text that said, Secret show at the last place you saw me, 8pm tonight. Secret show? Remus repeated, confused at first, until he remembered the mischief he'd seen only moments ago in Sirius's face, when Sirius had said, Oh, didn't I tell you? As he let out a long breath through his nostrils, he winced with what felt like his whole face. This was going to be disastrous. Which is why I texted you, please tell me you're going, because I will never hear the end of your regret if you don't go see him tonight, Pete said, harshly elbowing Remus under the ribs. Well, aren't you just about the most supportive friend in the world, bitching about having to listen to my regret? Remus grumbled, throwing himself onto the sofa, breathing in the lingering scent of Sirius. Have you ever complained before? Pete reminded him, sitting directly on top of Remus, pressing him further into the sofa with a muffled grunt moving from Remus's lips at the added weight. And he made a solid point. Pete had to listen to Remus wax poetic about Sirius Black for the last ten years without a single complaint. But a person could only take so much wine without resolution. I didn't even know about it, Remus replied honestly, wondering when Sirius had even made that post, or even the decision without voicing it, considering Remus had been with him the entire night. Well, now you know, Pete said simply, standing to his feet while Remus sucked in an overly dramatic breath to compensate for the renewed space in his lungs at the removal of Pete's weight from his back. When he did, he swore he could taste Sirius on his breath as it moved over his tongue. He licked his lips. And you are going to this show, even if I have to get James and Lily to help me drag you there. Drag me where, exactly? He asked, not really dissenting, but still very confused. Marlene's. People are still camping out on the pavement across the street waiting for a sign of him. Pete snickered as Remus had a striking moment of panic, imagining what would have happened if one of those campers had seen Sirius sneak into his shop the night before. I think he's probably doing it like a last hurrah to give these people what they want before going back to London or whatever. That panic returned to grip his heart brutally. He's going back to London? Eventually, right? I mean, he lives there. Pete replied with a shrug, but with a concerned glance in Remus's general direction. Which is why you have to see him before he leaves again for good. For good, Remus replied blankly, staring off into empty space as he worried his bottom lip. Shit, Pete hissed, kneeling in front of Remus and taking his shoulders. I didn't mean for good, for good. I just meant for now. I mean, he has to come back when the baby's born, doesn't he? Blinking rapidly, Remus swallowed the knot in his throat. Right, right, the baby. With a firm hand, Pete pressed his palm flat to Remus's chest and reminded Remus to take in a deep, grounding breath. Don't let yourself feel like this a minute more than you have to, Pete stated in an authoritative tone, one that he'd often used on Remus when Remus could see nothing ahead of him but darkness and loneliness. Use this as your motivation to end this stupid tiff. Talk to him. Tell him the truth. 
An unguarded smile slipped through Remus's defenses as he remembered the very candid, very truthful things he'd said to Sirius the night before, but he bit back that smile before Pete could comment on it. I will. I'll talk to him tonight. Assuming I can push my way through his throng of screaming fans. The smile on Remus's face jumped over to Pete's. I think he'll make an exception for you, he said, standing and holding his hands out for Remus to take. Now, come on, Marlene told me that since we're helping her, I volunteered us both, by the way, we can peddle chocolates at a counter before the show. As Remus took his hands, he pulled Remus from the sofa, starting towards the stairs. Isn't there still several hours until this show? Remus asked, looking down at his watch. With an exasperated sigh, Pete looked back with derision, coding his expression. Do you not remember being serious as stagehands before he got famous? He asked flatly, his lips forming a thin straight line. At first, Remus opened his mouth to argue, but he shut it quickly. Fair point, he nodded, silently following Pete down the stairs, drowning in the memories of hanging curtains to cover unsightly rundown stage, artfully painting Sirius's name on the kick drum back when James still played the drums for him, designing posters and flyers for every pub show. And now, Sirius was a world-renowned musician, platinum-selling artist, playing a show at a coffee shop in a town nobody even knew the name of, before Sirius Black came out of it. With no publicist, no tour manager, no hair and makeup team, no event planner to organize anything for him. Which meant that Remus and Pete and Marlene and Dorcas, and likely James and Lily, were going to have their work cut out for them making this event and location worthy of a star like Sirius Black. How could you keep this from me? James bellowed the moment Sirius walked into the flat, while Lily looked on with admiration and amusement from her place on the sofa, feet on the ottoman. You are in so much trouble. She grinned wickedly, gaze shooting back over to James. Sirius swallowed roughly. I didn't. It wasn't, he rambled, not knowing where to start his explaining how to get out of this. When Remus suggested they try being friends first, friends with no added pressure to get back together, even though they both knew that's where they would end up in the end, he knew if James found out that Sirius didn't tell him immediately, it would lead to yelling. A secret show, James shouted, throwing his arms out to the sides. With an incredulous breath of relief, Sirius shrugged, trying to play off the fact that this was not at all what he had thought James meant. I just thought if I gave them what they wanted, they might stop camping on the pavement outside of Marlene's shop, Sirius replied calmly, though the rate of his heart had not slowed at all. Which is a great idea, James admitted, despite the clench of his teeth. But you could have given me some warning. And look at you. He huffed, picking up Sirius's arm just to let it fall back at his side. What about me? Sirius argued animatedly, as usual, getting drawn into James's excitement. You look like you slept on the floor in those clothes. He grumbled, yanking and pulling at the wrinkles in Sirius's distressed t-shirt. There was a slight guilty wince in Sirius's expression. I didn't really think to bring a change of clothes with me, too. He was going to keep lying to tell James that he had spent the night at Regulus's house, slept on Reg's plush leather sofa, but James interrupted. Did you even bring any of your stage wardrobe? Lily asked from the sofa, hand on her belly. Another wince. I didn't really come here to perform, 
Sirius said, a twinge of annoyance in his voice. He was grateful for the fans, truly, but they got a little overzealous at times. And yet, here we are, James said, like a mother scolding her son after breaking curfew, throwing his hands onto his hips as he looked at Sirius over again. The doting smile on Sirius's face grew as he watched James let out an exasperated sigh before pushing his glasses further up the bridge of his nose. I might look a bit less like hell warmed over after a shower, Sirius reasoned. Chewing on the inside of his bottom lip, James nodded in agreement, waving his hand to coax Sirius to follow him. Use out shower, it's a bit bigger than the one in the guest room. James said as they walked into James and Lily's bedroom, where James had already thrown Sirius's bag onto their bed. The baby's room before too long, Sirius corrected, enjoying the way James's eyes lit up. We've just found out the sex, he said eagerly, and Sirius felt his smile respond in synchrony. It's a boy, Lily called from the living room as James pretended to pout. Oh, Lil, I wanted to tell him. He laughed, leaning out the doorframe to glare at her. A throw pillow casually flew past Sirius's line of sight from where Lily had thrown it at James's head. You can tell him the name we picked out. She half compromised. James turned back, smile increasing a hundredfold. We're going to name him Harry. At first, Sirius pursed his lips, blinking deliberately in James's direction at the insinuation that only James would understand, and a light went off in James's eyes as he expressed immediate regret. Oh, fuck. Is his middle name going to be Edward, too, or... Serious. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I completely forgot. James groaned, face-palming. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Keep it. It's a good name. Sirius laughed, squeezing James's shoulder. But what about you and... It's not like he and I are on bad terms, James. I still talk to him every now and then. Sirius shrugged, gathering a glimmer in his eye. Mostly to whine about how I'm still in love with Mooney. Are you absolutely sure? We can still change it. James winced a bit as he spoke. Don't be an idiot, Sirius shouted, raising his head to let the noise reverberate. I mean, listen to it. Harry Potter, Sirius repeated with wonder and adoration in his voice. Sounds like a storybook character. Like the brave hero who fights the forces of darkness and saves the world. That sort of thing. Doesn't it? James agreed, nodding enthusiastically before clapping Sirius on the shoulder and moving toward the door back to the living room. Anyway, have your shower. We can talk all about the baby and the show and why you look like you slept on the floor when you get out. Hopefully we can slap together something that makes you look like the celebrity you are. He said, puckering his lips uncertainly as he glanced at Sirius's attire again as if trying to reconcile the threads with the outfits he wore on stage. I'm sure we'll figure something out. It's going to be sort of casual. Acoustic, you know? Sirius shrugged as he dug through his overnight bag, wishing he'd packed a little bit more. But he had never expected the trip to go the way it was going. The only people that are getting in are the first 50 people who commented on that post. Everyone else will have to stand outside. They're not expecting theatrics. What are you if not theatrical? James said with a wink, nudging Sirius in the ribs. The smile crept back over Sirius's face. Fair point, he laughed. We'll figure it out later, after I stop smelling like last night's leftovers. He paused for a moment, wondering if there was anything in that statement that could be incriminating. 
just in case he sidestepped the idea entirely, moving back to the wardrobe and adding a distracting sentiment, plus a wide smile. You can do my eyeliner, like old times. Like old times. James repeated with a maudlin grin before it broke into mischief. Which reminds me, I have to dig out your old merch table from storage with that glorious... Oh, hideous, Sirius corrected, already knowing where James was going with this thought. Banner that you hand-painted for your first EP release party with the... Oh, God. White gothic lettering and the feathers that you glued around the border, and I think... Please, stop. Please think I still have some of those t-shirts, too, from when you tried to drop your last name. Like fucking Madonna. Oh, good God. Sirius groaned, burying his face in his hands. Come on, it'll be nostalgic. Those girls will eat that shit up. James insisted with a grin. I'm sure Remus and Pete will have everything handled at the shop with the stage and the sound and all. Just at the sound of Remus's name, Sirius felt the breath unsettle in his chest. Do you think Remus will come? He asked, whittling down his voice to a whisper to make it sound anxious. In truth, he knew Remus would come. Hell, he'd practically devised the whole thing for that sole purpose. I know he will, James said supportively, but he still narrowed his eyes at Sirius for a moment, as if he wondered why Sirius would even ask that. Go on, clean up. You smell like burnt garlic. As James left, Sirius stood watching the door, amazed at how close James was to guessing exactly how Sirius had spent his time the previous evening, while simultaneously having no clue. While Sirius disrobed, his thumb moved over the small tattoo on the inside of his hip, the one tattoo that no one in the world had ever seen but him, and he had a passing thought about what Remus would say about it, how he would react when he saw it, because at the rate they were going, he would see it any day. Stepping into the scalding water, he went over the set list again in his mind, the one he'd been planning all night and most of the morning, running in the background of every other thought. Of course, because Remus had admitted that he hadn't listened to any of the albums that Sirius had professionally recorded, he would have to stick to cover songs from their days in school, songs they'd listened to at 16, 17, 19, songs that Remus would recognize, songs that Remus could sing back to him. At the end of the set, there were two specific cover songs that he would surely be waiting to play all night, just so he could see the expression on Remus's face as Sirius sang them. The songs were so blatantly obvious, however, that Sirius knew it would wreck this whole secret friendship he and Remus had going on, but it would be worth the risk. Besides, it didn't matter what he chose, James and Pete would still decide that he was singing to Remus even if he chose to sing Ziggy fucking Stardust. With Shea Butter Conditioner in his palms, he brought the long ends of his wet hair across his shoulder so he could run his fingers through it, trying to work out some of the tangles and the curls that had knotted together from his face being pressed between Remus's belly and the back of the sofa. It was really a product of sleeping next to Remus. He hadn't slept that profoundly in ten years. A bloody freight train could have driven through the alleyway behind Remus's shop and Sirius would have slept through it. To keep his lie from becoming too great, he was going to have to go back to sleeping at James and Lily's that night, or it would become too suspect. He couldn't fall back on pretending to stay with Reg again, because Reg would probably make an appearance at the show. 
he'd have to remember to send a quick text to his brother just in case. Reg would kill him if he found out that Sirius performed without even saying anything to him. He just had to pray that neither James nor Regulus would say anything to the other about Sirius's supposed sleeping arrangements, since they would both be at the show. It was funny, worrying about keeping this secret in that moment, because in only a few hours, he would be serenading Remus with blatant love songs from across a coffee shop. Still, even if James and Pete caught on to it, and he knew they would, it wouldn't necessarily mean anything had changed. They both knew he was still in love with Remus, they just didn't know that Remus knew it too. He emerged from the shower in a cloud of steam and mist, gently wringing the excess water from his hair before lathering his hair in the same coconut hibiscus curling cream he had been using since he was 16. He wondered if Remus had noticed yet. That was half the reason he still used it, despite how difficult it had become to find. The last time, he'd stumbled across a small stockpile at a wholesale shop, and he had left with two cases of the stuff. Well, after taking a picture with the girl behind the counter. Back then, there was so little he had control of. He had to try to keep those little things the same. The record label had taken so much of his character from him, plucking one piece of his identity and expanding it into the only thing that mattered. His voice was no longer his instrument, but his marketing tool. Put a little more of a whine into that last syllable so the heartbreak in the lyric is more believable. Add a little more breath into that vowel to play up your sex appeal. Change the octave in this section to a lower register to sound more mature so we can appeal to a broader audience. I know you've done 18 takes of this track, but your voice is just starting to strain and the girls are going to lose their damn minds over how raw and feral and destroyed your voice sounds in this record. But he had had that one thing. He had that cheap coconut hibiscus curling cream that he had used when Remus Lupin loved him. And maybe if that smell stayed with him, he could pretend that he wasn't in London. He could pretend that he was still with Remus. He could pretend that Remus still loved him. Now, he didn't have to pretend. Remus did still love him. It made him feel 19 again, wearing too much eyeliner, wearing jeans that were too tight, getting his first tattoo, without the early signs of arthritis or the gray in his hair. But it didn't feel strange. That was just the effect of Remus in his life, the way it had always been. Remus had always made him feel weightless and unbounded. Well, except for that one long, notable exception. But Sirius was working on forgetting about that one. As he flipped his hair into a worn microfiber towel that he carried everywhere with him because normal cotton towels absolutely ruined the definition of his curls, he threw on one of James's shirts hanging from the corner of the bathroom door because of course it was, and pulled on the same jeans he'd been wearing for three days. As he settled down onto the carpeted floor, he angled himself in front of a low-hanging full-length mirror, crossing his legs underneath him with a bit of effort. James, he called loudly, wearing a smirk. Get Jaris in here and do my makeup. You haven't got all day. The smirk grew as he heard James's outraged grumbling from beyond the door. When the bedroom door slammed open, James stood there glaring at him playfully, Sirius's makeup bag in hand. 
hey, it's not my fault that you decided absolutely on your own to do a show without any preparation or planning. James huffed, throwing himself onto the floor in front of where Sirius sat before taking Sirius's face less than gently into his hands, squishing Sirius's cheeks between his calloused fingers. Prongs, you're trying too hard, Sirius chided as James turned Sirius's face side to side. The point of a secret show is to have a chill, comfortable vibe. It's not a stadium, it's just a coffee shop. Close your eyes, James instructed, biting down on the cap of Sirius's liquid eyeliner and holding it between his teeth as Sirius dutifully opened and closed his eyes, despite their continued argument. I get that, but it's Marlene's coffee shop. If this goes well, her business is going to go through the roof. Marlene has nothing to worry about. Sirius spoke, eyes still closed, as he felt the pointed tip of the eyeliner glide delicately along the margin of his eyelid. Her coffee is phenomenal. Always has been. It is. James agreed hesitantly, the words mumbled from where the cap of Sirius's eyeliner was still held between his teeth clenched in concentration. We know that. People in town know that. Everyone else is going to be judging her shop based on the visuals alone, and we have to make sure it's hip. Oh my god, when did we get so old that we have to worry about being hip? Sirius said before a dramatic gag, to which James responded by tapping Sirius underneath the chin with the back of his fingers to get Sirius to stop moving. The soft, wet tip of the eyeliner moved across his other eyelid. Luckily for us, James said, starting off with a strangely slow pace as if unsure of what to say. We have Remus. He paused after saying his name, just in case Sirius would try to stop him. He didn't. I don't know how, but he makes everything cool. Things that should not be cool. Like cable knit jumpers, Sirius said with a subdued laugh, trying to keep still. For only a beat, James was quiet, like he wasn't sure how to respond to Sirius speaking so casually about his ex-lover. Or sleeveless jumpers. Cardigans with elbow patches not combing your hair. James listed, laughing, his hand trembling with his movement from where it was perched on Sirius's cheek. Bags under your eyes, like how does he make that look cool? Sirius howled. I don't know, you do the dark circles pretty well, James half argued. That's because it matches my general aesthetic. Mismatched novelty socks, James added. He still does that. Sirius had to bite back a reply that he knew Remus still did that, having watched Remus take them off the night before. One purple sock with kittens shooting rainbow lasers, one pink sock with various shades of green succulents. He never believed me about the scar, but scars are pretty much always cool, Sirius added quickly, diverting the topic back to past tense to avoid any slip of the tongue that he would inevitably have. As their laughter died off, it molded into something strained, quiet again, until Sirius felt James pull away, his work on Sirius's eyelids complete. Cautiously, Sirius opened one eye to find James looking at him expectantly. Are you going to talk to him tonight? Clearing the lump in his throat, Sirius glanced away. That reminds me, Sirius avoided again, speaking quickly as he reached for his mobile. I have to ask Pete if he can still do that shrill whooping thing he used to do at your football matches. He mumbled, mostly to himself, looking fervently down at his phone so not to look at James. Padfoot, are you going to talk to him? James enunciated slowly and clearly. 
With a short sigh, Sirius finally returned his gaze, letting his mobile fall into his lap as his shoulders dropped. I'll have to, won't I? He said vaguely, nibbling on the tip of his tongue from within closed lips. I can't say whether he'll talk back. With a huff through his nostrils, Sirius returned to his text. In some effort to rid the room of the stifle he'd introduced into it, James spoke again, turning his voice up to convey excitement that Sirius wasn't sold on. I think he'll like the eyeliner. James smiled. With one eyebrow risen high, Sirius turned to the mirror on the wall, leaning in to appreciate the sharp, fine line of the dramatic cat eye that James had swept out beyond Sirius's dark lashes. There was only a hint of mischief in his voice as he replied under a deepened tone, Listen, I've got an idea. Maybe this was a bad idea, Remus mumbled, chewing on the inside of his bottom lip as he glanced around the shop packed full with girls and a few blokes of reasonably the same age, which had to be at least ten years younger than any of them. I'm not sure I should have come. Don't be stupid. Pete sighed heavily, having spent all day making sure that Remus wasn't going to back out at the last minute. Granted, Remus's prior statement had only been half true. After all, he wouldn't dare miss an opportunity to hear Sirius sing professionally again. But crowds were far from his comfort zone, especially crowds who, at that very moment, Remus could overhear discussing unseen parts of Sirius's anatomy. You promised me you would come. Don't chicken out now. I never said I was going to chick, Remus started, but James suddenly appeared from the back, carrying Sirius's signature black acoustic guitar, and the crowd went absolutely batshit crazy. He winced at the screaming, at the ringing it left in his ears, even from the people crowded on the pavement outside, which wasn't saying much considering they were pressed to the glass in some effort to see inside. Suddenly, he was grateful that Marlene had put him to work making coffee, if it meant the countertop separated him from the madness on the other side. Besides, he and Pete had already sold several dozen chocolates. That alone was almost enough to make up for the latte foam he'd clumsily sprayed into his face, spattering the once solid black button-up shirt he'd put on in his hopes to attract a glance from Sirius, and the irony of realizing he was no different from these teenage girls who had probably made their wardrobe decision based on that very same thought, was not lost on him. Listening to Sirius sing would be worth the rest. It would be worth the hours they spent cleaning Marlene's shop and tirelessly testing the sound and moving out the decades-old chairs and tables to arrange the whole shop into crowd-friendly seating. It would be worth the strain in his shoulders from having to stand with his arms raised above his head for most of the day as he hung dozens of paper lanterns from the ceiling to, as Dorcas said, Give the place some more romantic glow. And really, it worked. The thin, pastel paper of the lanterns cast a kaleidoscope of colors across the shop, glossing everything in soft, dreamy shades of pink and purple and blue, scattering colored light like the falling of petals that had flowered in the spring. A single white light shone in the midst of all the blossoming flickers of light, and it shone on the space Sirius would take, only now an empty wooden stool, a lonely mic stand, and the black guitar that he would hold in his hands. His artifacts were bundled together on a small stage in the corner of the shop, elevated slightly above the rest of the hardwood floor, and Remus likened it to a pedestal, 
Sirius Black a little above everyone else, like the space he occupied in Remus's chest. Suddenly, like the cracking of thunder, the air in the space erupted into sound, and Remus tensed his shoulders not only in surprise but in some futile effort to keep his eardrums from rupturing. The screams grew so loud that Remus wondered if the pane windows would shatter. Even more, he wondered if they would hold the weight of a hundred bodies being pressed against them all at once, everyone anxious to get a view of their idol just beyond the glass. He looked towards the source of the commotion, to the stage, to that pedestal upon which the object of all their affection stood. It obviously wasn't the first time he'd seen Sirius since he'd been back. In his mind, he thought this would be no different than it had been earlier in the day. If anything, the sight of him this morning should have stirred something much more sinister in Remus's chest, tangled hair wild with sleep, and eyelids hooded and dangerous. He thought he'd grown accustomed to his face. Those thoughts, all their awareness, all their familiarity was invalidated when he watched Sirius step onto that stage. After all this time, Remus had forgotten the presence that Sirius commanded when he stood in front of a crowd, especially a crowd gathered specifically to see him. When Sirius had said so long ago that he played a character on stage, it was never more apparent to Remus than it was in that moment. Because this wasn't the serious black he had grown up with, but the celebrity he'd become. Underneath the awe in Remus's chest, he felt a familiar pang of jealousy at hearing a hundred people calling the name of the man he loved, the same jealousy that had crumbled his foundation with Sirius a decade prior. With violence and prejudice, he suffocated it, drowned it, vowing to never again let it dictate his relationships. When Sirius caught his eye, that jealousy disintegrated into mist. Though he didn't hold it long, that glance was enough to consolidate Remus's devotion. When the surprise of seeing Sirius on this stage waned and Remus found another way to breathe, his gaze consumed the vision that Sirius created of himself. The curls of his waist-length hair were tossed to one side of his shoulder, displaying that blue feather earring hanging from one ear, and every time he took a step, those vacuous curls swelled like they were filling with breath, a life outside of Sirius, but not apart. Before he settled down onto the stool, he tugged at the hips of his faded, shredded black jeans, and Remus swallowed deeply at the realization that Sirius was adjusting the denim to accommodate the spread of his ample thighs. Made evident, when Sirius rested his weight on the stool, the broad muscles of his legs relaxing to the point of straining the fabric that was barely containing them. Flashes of his bare, pale skin displaying through the tattered holes decorating the careworn article of clothing. The chaotic screech of the crowd continued as Sirius arranged himself onto the wooden stool, and despite how the chair seemed inadequate to contain the weight of Sirius's divine influence upon it, he simply leaned against it with the base of his hips, planting the sole of his beaten leather boot onto the stage to prop himself against it, the other foot carelessly cradled on the bottom rung of the stool's leg. Almost as equally distracting as the glory of Sirius's thighs was the splash of black liquid across his eyes. A dramatic, perfectly symmetrical sweep of black eyeliner over his mercurial eyes 
the liquid sheen catching the spotlight and flashing like obsidian in sunlight. Half settled on the stool, he pulled the mic stand close to his lips, and when he glanced up from underneath his glamorous lashes through a veil of dark hair, his eyes looked hypnotic and dangerous underneath the bold lines of precision. As if unaware that every one of his movements was being catalogued and scrutinized, or perhaps because he knew they were, Sirius craned his neck to reposition the collar of his black denim jacket, worn with the sleeves rolled halfway up his forearms. The movement of his fingers caught the loosened collar of his white Spice Girls t-shirt, and it shifted down to showcase his gaunt collarbone for a moment. There seemed to be a collective sigh that dispersed in a wave throughout the crowd, ending on Remus's lips. As Sirius leaned forward to speak into the microphone, Remus watched the angle of his throat change, sharpening and intensifying, until Remus was sure the curve of his jaw could cut the wire clean in two and send electric sparks into the crowd, a physical manifestation of the magnitude of his presence. Good evening. Sirius said softly, lowering his voice with intention into a raspy whisper. Most of the crowd went screaming again. The girls in the front row, like Remus, looked ashen in their languish. When Remus felt a nudge at his side, he reluctantly tore his gaze away from Sirius to look down at Pete, who was smiling menacingly in Remus's direction. Feeling a bit weak in the knees, Mooney? He derided another nudge to Remus's ribs. You better not faint. I'll kill you if you miss even a second. After a deep breath, Remus looked back at the stage. <clears throat> no promises, Pete. By now, the screaming had died down, his fans hanging on Sirius's every breath. Sirius pulled the mic closer to him. I've got a few songs I'd like to play for you tonight, if that's all right. Sirius said in a strangely innocent way that made Remus wonder if it was part of the persona with which he performed. Despite what you were probably expecting, I'm... Not going to play anything new tonight, he said, his tongue darting out to quickly wet his lips. There was a wolf whistle from somewhere in the back row. One of Sirius's eyebrows flashed up in a moment of amusement. <laughs> Thank you, he laughed, pushing his fingers through his graying beard as if in embarrassment. And this, Remus knew, was the character that Sirius had created for the stage because the Sirius Black he knew would have whistled back. Sirius continued, his words broken by the occasional shout from the crowd every once in a while, and I love you, from somewhere outside. He always paused to return the sentiment, much to the delight of the crowd. In fact, I'm not going to play anything original tonight at all. I just wanted to get together and play a few of my favorite songs with my friends. As he lowered his head and smiled, it was nearly bashful, and the crowd lost their collective minds at the sight of it, Remus included. As he was getting his guitar positioned, he took a pick from the mic stand and stuck it between his teeth, and he took a moment to pluck out a bright melody, as if still deciding whether he would use the pick at all. A smile played at the corner of his lips when the cheering grew loud in the crowd's anticipation, and Remus began to wonder if putting the pick between his teeth was all for show because with a little shake of his head, he pulled it from his lips and tossed it into the front row, which only caused a minor scuffle between some of the girls seated there. He rolled his shoulders a bit before leaning over the body of the guitar, speaking off to the side of the mic. I think we should all know this one. 
Without another pause, he picked out a familiar succession of notes on the strings that instantly sent a breath of surprise into Remus's lungs, a half-snarl into his lips for being called out in the first fucking song. A cautious smile appeared on Sirius's lips as he continued, and Remus could see that smile for exactly what it was, because this had been practically their song when they first started dating. Of course, Remus knew that Sirius chose it just to show Remus that he remembered after all this time. The buddy on the road, the buddy on the beach. Sirius sang low, glancing at Remus under raised brows while Remus struggled to maintain his composure. The song went on, Sirius continued singing softly, reaching a line that left Remus fighting tears. I don't understand what happened to our love. Sirius sang a sadness in his voice that Remus couldn't stand to hear, but his tone brightened in the next line as he sang, Babe, I'm gonna get you back, gonna show you what I made of. He practically spoke the line into the mic, a blatant defiance in the deep, mutinous growl of his voice making sure Remus was watching him deliver that line, making sure he knew that Sirius meant it. When he moved into the chorus, his tone changed again, leaving Remus to sigh in his wake. And I can see you, your brown skin shining in the sun. Sirius sang, eyes closed in bliss, and Remus wanted to close his eyes, wanted to pull at the memory of Sirius singing this to him, as he brushed his fingertips over the freckles on Remus's cheeks. But he couldn't close his eyes, he couldn't bear to look away. The song went on and Sirius kept singing, singing just as sweetly as he had in Remus's flat the night before. I see you walking real slow and you're smiling at everyone. There was something unsaid in his voice, something broken, that Remus had heard in his own breath long ago. In the sobs he'd emptied into his own pillow the last time he'd let himself make the mistake of listening to this song. Tears threatened at the edges of Remus's eyelids as he watched Sirius with devotion, and Remus found himself mouthing along to the song he had been avoiding for the better part of ten years. And as the song continued, he remembered why he had avoided it so viciously because there was a specific line with a hanging lyric that threaded the idea of hope into an otherwise splintered memory. Sirius sang, and Remus held his breath as he listened, eyes wide, because he knew if he blinked, the tears would break. Those days are gone forever, should just let them go, but on that word, Sirius found Remus's gaze for only a brief electric moment and Remus crumbled underneath the heaviness of Sirius's intention. The tears rolled down his face as he let his eyes fall closed, the expectation in that word encapsulating everything that could have been, everything that they still could be. It was enough. It was an argument that there was still a chance. Yes, Remus had given up the best thing he'd ever had, but an open ending, an opportunity to continue the story in a different direction, a means to move forward against the resistance of the past. 
As Remus scrubbed his face with the back of his hand, he opened his eyes to watch Sirius sing again, just in time to watch him sing out those words one last time. And I can tell you my love for you will still be strong Sirius played out the remainder of the melody on his guitar, Remus felt Pete reach over and slip his hand into Remus's fingers, giving him a gentle, comforting squeeze. And Remus squeezed back, but kept his eyes forward. He kept his eyes on Sirius. While the crowd cheered, Sirius used the commotion to steal one more glance in Remus's direction, and it was all written in his face. All the same things Remus was feeling, just tucked away a little more quietly in a wary and worrying smile. But after all, he was on stage, so the disquiet in Sirius's expression quickly slipped away, replaced by a smile that was broad and bubbly and beautiful. The next song he picked out was Everyone Says Hi by Bowie, and there was something woeful in the way he sang. Said you moved away that the rest of the audience wouldn't quite understand, but James would, and Pete would, and Remus would. And when Sirius sang in a strong and commanding tone, Remus may have let himself sing along a little too loudly, hoping Sirius could hear him say it back to him. Much to everyone's delight, the next song Sirius chose was Wildest Dreams by Taylor Swift, and Remus wondered if anyone in the audience found it strange that Sirius didn't change the pronouns of the song, wondered if anyone in the audience noticed the way his eyes narrowed and shifted off to a particular dark corner of the coffee shop as he sang the words. This is gonna take me down, he's so tall, handsome as hell. He's so bad, but he does it so well. That wolf whistle came again when he sang a boat standing in a nice dress. The next was a song that Remus had never heard by a band that he was only vaguely familiar with, but Remus could hear Sirius's blatant message in the very first lines. Sirius sang, his voice loud and gravelly, filled with longing and urgency. As he took a breath in between lines, his gaze searched out Remus, just for a moment. And when that moment faded, his tone grew bitter and resentful as he continued with... rhythm and the pace of his words moved into chaos, becoming ever more impatient until it all came to a crashing halt as he pressed his lips tightly to the microphone in front of him and sang,
his swirling silver eyes flashed up, finding Remus instantly, just in time, to watch the wild blush scorch through Remus's skin. It left a victorious smile on Sirius's face. A cover by Cindy Lauper's time after time followed, and Remus could no longer tell which way was up anymore. He wondered if that was Sirius's intent with this obviously deliberate set list. No doubt Sirius was intentionally and savagely tugging on each and every one of Remus's emotions. Loss, love, lust, loyalty, all in the span of the last hour. This song choice was no different and Remus felt the nostalgic and steadfast grip of Sirius's hand when he sang... When he moved into the next line, he went up an octave, moving away from the mic for all the power in his voice and sang out, high and honest and pure, leaving Remus to sigh in the wake of his promise as he watched Sirius sing with the same spirit and magic he'd always had. There was only so much more Remus could take before he vaulted over this countertop and rushed the stage to take Sirius's face into his hands. It grew even worse when Sirius chose one of Remus's favorites, singing, And you could hide beside me Even with Pete bolstering Remus from one side, it felt as if he only had so much strength left to listen to Sirius sing more lyrics that would rip Remus's heart right out from behind his sternum. God, he couldn't even fathom what a wreck he would have been if Sirius had chosen to sing these songs before they reconciled. Then again, maybe none of this would have happened if they hadn't come back together. The next song started with just Sirius's voice, all other noise in the shop silence and stunted. With a breath, Sirius eased into each note. He began, coming in with the guitar and leaning in heavily to the mic for the next line, pressing his lips close as he sang... An immediate blush spiked into Remus's cheeks as Sirius continued to growl into the mic, through teeth clenched in desperation, making sure to look up at Remus through a haze of dark lashes. And Remus believed him when he sang loud and angry. Then Remus had gone dizzy, his head spinning from being pulled in every direction by this very specifically designed set list. Not to mention the way Sirius had been watching Remus as he sang, it was almost more than Remus could handle. There was no way he could pretend to be friends after tonight. I've got just two more before I let you go, Sirius said, his voice sounding a bit strained which the audience didn't seem to notice as they expressed their discontent over such a short set. I know, I know, but these last two ones might be the most important ones, so pay close attention. 
Another stolen glance in Remus's direction, followed by a smug grin. Remus felt Pete tug violently at his shirt sleeves. It started out with an impressive trill of guitar, Sirius's fingers moving rapidly over the strings before he tapped lightly on them to still their movement. He took a deep breath, leaning into the mic. Don't blame me for falling. I was just a little boy. He sang with a knowing smirk. The girls in the audience sent into a mindless frenzy. Unfamiliar with the song, Remus glanced over to Pete, eyebrow risen in question. With a laugh that was inaudible over the screaming, Pete pulled Remus's ear to his lips. Harry Styles! He half shouted, and at first he pulled back, but the expression on his face made it seem like there was something more he thought he should explain, so he leaned in again, but not without releasing a great sigh before speaking. Some of Sirius's fans developed this theory, a rumour really, that he and Sirius were together during Sirius's first international tour, when he opened for the band. Of course, it wasn't anything Remus didn't already know, but he hadn't told Pete about that late night where jealousy and misery and a twisted sort of self-abuse had led him to clicking an article that questioned the friendship that had formed between the two boys. He hadn't told Pete about crying himself to sleep when he realized that Sirius was moving on and he was standing still. When Remus looked back up to the stage, Sirius's attention was steadfast to the spot where Remus and Pete were standing, and his voice faltered slightly under a transient furrow of his brow. A quick furtive wink from Remus washed the expression away entirely as Sirius continued singing, smiling, because ultimately it didn't matter if the rumor was true. Sure, how in God's name was Remus supposed to compete with someone like Harry fucking Styles? But then again, Harry wasn't the one that Sirius had been singing to that evening. That ephemeral mist of jealousy threatened to corporealize again, but it was feeble and petty and small, and Remus's affection for Sirius squashed it swiftly and with resentment. Oh, I was away, and I'm just an arrogant son of a bitch you can't admit when he's sorry. Sirius crooned, leaning deeply into the mic to deepen the tone of his voice. Upon hearing that lyric, Remus visibly winced, pointing to his own chest in a silent message to Sirius. Me, I'm the arrogant son of a bitch. There was an audible laugh in Sirius's voice as he continued, and Remus went still, knowing that Pete would look over at him, which he did immediately. Remus kept his eyes forward as Sirius moved into the chorus. Don't call me baby again. You got your reasons. I know that you're trying to be friends. I know you mean it. Don't call me baby again. It's hard for me to go home to be so. This time, the laugh came from Remus's lips, but he managed to keep it silent enough that Pete didn't catch it. Trying to be friends, Sirius had just sung, and he'd sung it to Remus just as he had every other song. It was a continuation of every half-formed argument that Remus had been delivering since he and Sirius had started speaking to each other again. Be friends first and the rest will follow. 
Even in the middle of his own concert, Sirius couldn't let it go. I know you're trying to be friends. I know you mean it. With the smile of an arrogant son of a bitch, Sirius sang another damning lyric. Cause I miss the shape of your lips, your wit is just a trick, and this is it, so I'm sorry. A defeated smile moved over Remus's lips. This was practically a reenactment of the night before. When Sirius had kissed Remus to distract him from the argument altogether, Remus had won because they were, after all, still only friends, but his victory was an illusion created as an opportunity for Sirius to steal a kiss. An eerily similar sentiment to when Sirius had said, I'm deciding to do this a few steps early. The rest of the song, Sirius was careful to keep his attention directed to other parts of the room, likely because he noticed, just as Remus had, all the glances that Pete kept shifting between the two of them, like he was on the verge of figuring something out. And really, it wouldn't be so bad for everyone to know they were speaking again, flirting again, but Remus wanted to enjoy their solitude just a little bit longer. Enjoy having something just between the two of them again, the way it was in the beginning. As the song finished, Sirius stood, setting his acoustic guitar back onto the stand and moving it off the stage completely. I've got one more song, he called toward the mic, which was now somewhat at a distance from where he stood, before rearranging the stool and the mic stand off to one side of the stage. At the same time, he looked over to Pete and tilted his head up, as if in a nod, and even more strange, Pete nodded back. And I have to get it just right. So, I'm enlisting some help for this one. Before Remus could turn to ask Pete what the hell he had been enlisted to do, James and Lily appeared on the edge of the stage, carrying parts of a compact drum kit. The smile on Remus's face felt like it broke out beyond the borders of his skin. James hadn't played the drums for Sirius in over a decade, and Remus wasn't even sure how they had had time to practice a song together when Sirius had only announced this show the night before. The mystery deepened as Marlene and Dorcas both stepped onto the stage and stood at the wall to Sirius's left, adjacent to where James sat behind the drums. A renewal of screams moved through the crowd as Lily handed Sirius an electric guitar, every component of the instrument completely black, from the headstock to the fretboard, the glossy pickups underneath the silver strings contrasted sharply against the chic mat of the rounded body. After a quick run of his fingers through his hair to push it from his face, Sirius began bouncing his leg, his heel tapping on the stage as he fiddled with the wireless adapter plugged into the base of the guitar. Without a breath between, James started in with a rapid beat. Softly under his breath, but still into the microphone, Sirius timed out the count before coming in with the familiar riff, Marlene and Dorcas coming in at the same time with a vocalization melody that Remus immediately recognized. Oh, fuck me, he hissed, a sharp intake of breath before moving his hand over his mouth. And when Sirius pushed his lips heavily against the mic to sing under a swaggering grin, Remus lost all ability to keep the air inside his lungs.
he crooned, and Remus felt the blush charge through his veins, starting as an instantaneous heat in his cheeks and pumping into his chest and into his hands. I think about you, Lord, everywhere I go. Excruciatingly, Sirius kept his wanted gaze away from Remus, and in response, Remus felt sure he would lose his damn mind. It was done with grievous intention, and Remus knew this, just as he knew that Sirius had specifically chosen this song to cause Remus immeasurable suffering within it. He sang, the pace of the wording rapid in comparison to the next line. And, I dance real slow. and he let his voice slide indolently from one note to the other, hanging onto every word for as long as he was able until he let his voice tremble and trill at the end of the line before moving on to the next. There was a soft little sigh in his voice that came in the break that followed and it left Remus with the same breathless affliction. There was a single half second of a pause in the beat and then in that time, Sirius found Remus's gaze and held it unashamedly as his voice went high and bright. He sang loftily, his voice moving in and out of notes effortlessly as he added an exceptionally high vocalization in moving on to the next line, just the way the author of the song did on the record. His smile was boundless, pressing permanent folds into his cheeks as he sang to Remus, not taking his eyes away from him for even an instant. He said with a curious nostalgic grin, biting his lips softly for a moment. His dark piercing eyebrow rose high on his forehead, emphasizing every syllable in one of his favorite words as he let his nose wrinkle a bit in an expression that fell between a wink and a snarl that only Sirius Black could make look that attractive. paused a beat too long, tilting his head in his satisfaction as he added, In some effort to keep himself alive and breathing, Remus grabbed a fistful of the front of his shirt, oblivious to the way his fingernails dug into the skin of his bare chest underneath the open collar until Sirius's attention was drawn down to it. With a smirk that was as cocky as it was distracted, Sirius absently let the tip of his tongue rove over the sharp point of his canine, blinking dreamily at Remus. He was a half measure late with the next verse. Honey, when you warm the bed on Wednesday, suicide Tuesday back in LA. If I had the joy. Excitement of a thousand dollars, truth and of 
With the devilish design, he swiftly held his hand up and all sound in the space came to immediate halt as he pressed his lips close to the mic to complete the lyric, lowering his head in the same measure as his voice, watching Remus from underneath fanned lashes. He stated clearly, spoken word, and on the final word, he formed a fist and brought it down sharply to his side in perfect timing with the restoration of James's beat from behind the drums. In his delight at the success of that moment, another adorable wrinkle of his nose followed and he bobbed his head in time with the revitalized rhythm. At that moment, Sirius's gaze shifted over to Remus's left where Pete stood next to him and before Remus could look over, Sirius pointed to him and Pete let out a perfectly shrill that fell precisely in time with the melody. And Sirius was so pleased, he flashed his eyebrows up, beaming. He hummed into the mic, craning his chin up as his love for the music overwhelmed him, and he let his eyes fall closed for an insignificant blink before opening one eye and pointing back at Pete again, eliciting another piercing. And Remus realized that this was the same sound that Pete used to make at James's football matches every time James scored. His awe at how Sirius had pulled this all together at the last minute was eclipsed when his attention turned back to Sirius just in time to watch him serenade Remus with another verse of adoration, sweet and soaring and faultless. There was absolutely nothing left in Remus's chest but affection. And when Sirius moved into the last lines of the song, Remus found himself leaning on the countertop in some effort to be closer to Sirius. Propping up his hands to cradle his face, cleansed of everything but blind infatuation. At the sight of it, a certain softness engulfed Sirius's features as he finished the song, his eyes scattering over Remus's eager face. As he plucked out the final improvised melody on the strings, James continued softly with the background beat, Marlene and Dorcas still vocalizing that same melody at a lower volume. Sirius spoke, his voice raspy with overuse. I can't thank you enough for coming out to spend some time with me this evening. His eyes were steadfast on Remus as he added, Maybe we could do it again sometime, very soon. With one last quiet smile, Sirius and his guitar slipped into the back of the coffee shop. For a while, the girls chanted and begged for an encore, but Sirius didn't reemerge. After standing in silence for what felt like a long time, Pete finally let out a prolonged breath, turning to Remus only to say, Mooney, with extreme emphasis. A similar breath moved from Remus's lips. Yeah, was all he could manage to verbalize, mostly a wispy sigh, still numb with elation.
You have to talk to him now. You don't have an excuse not to, Pete urged, tugging on the sleeve of Remus's shirt in earnest. It's obvious he was singing to you. He was looking right at you. Yeah, Remus repeated blankly, still slightly reeling. And the lyrics? Are you kidding me? Pete yipped, his voice rising beyond its own borders in its excitement. If I didn't know that was a hosier song, I would have thought Sirius wrote it for you. His mouth suddenly dry, Remus swallowed. <laughs> yeah. Snap out of it and go talk to him, Pete shouted, indelicately shoving Remus towards the bar flap to coax him into leaving the sanctuary behind the countertop. Reluctantly, moving solely on instinct, Remus followed in the direction he forcibly stumbled, fumbling to get through the break in the counter. His chest pounded anxiously like he hadn't started the day with Sirius half on top of him, but this was all by Sirius's design. He chose that song, knowing the despair it would leave in Remus. Despite Remus's awareness of them, he couldn't still the nervous tremble in his legs as he moved forward. James was leaning against the wall next to the door of the back room, and as Remus approached, James's smile widened to the point of looking painful. Cautiously, Remus spoke, voice wavering. Give us a minute, he asked James softly. James was quick to nod in agreement, and silently Remus slipped into the dimly lit back room to find Sirius sitting on top of the countertop, waiting. His cunning smile gave him away. You like that last one, Mooney? He asked, opening his mouth to make a show of running his tongue along his back teeth to give Remus a very deliberate flash of the metal that adorned the center of his tongue. Remus turned the lock on the door behind him, unseen. You backed me into a corner, Remus stated, struggling to keep his expression masked and his voice low. There was a nervous clench in Sirius's jaw, like he wasn't expecting that response. I had no excuse for not coming in here, he continued, stepping towards Sirius as slowly as his restraint would allow, the rest of his body acting in opposition to his heart rate. No more being friends in secret. Mooney, if you don't want... Sirius started as if an apology, but Remus interrupted him quickly, all restraint in his tightened shoulders melting from them as he surged forward to take Sirius's face into his eager hands, pulling Sirius's lips to his own and burying Sirius in a kiss so deep he was sure he could live off the breath in Sirius's lungs. Without any of the restraint left to hold him, Remus impatiently slipped his tongue between Sirius's teeth, introduced to that metal stud an unexpected, inflexible break to the soft give of Sirius's open mouth, strangely cold in contrast to the heat of his tongue surrounding it. Oh my god, Remus growled helplessly, restlessly, overwhelmed by the sensation of that little foreign scrap of metal being tucked into the mouth with which he had once been so familiar. Without another word, he buried his fingers into Sirius's long hair to hold him by the back of the neck so that he could deepen the arch in Sirius's back, increasing his height over Sirius until Sirius was nearly lying on the countertop underneath him, Remus's hips between his open legs. This adjustment gave Remus the space to dive deeper into Sirius's mouth, and when Sirius moaned into Remus's throat, Remus could taste it. 
Just as Sirius's incendiary touch moved up Remus's hip, fumbling past the border of the hem of Remus's shirt to find the bare skin of Remus's waist underneath, Remus pulled away to catch his breath, panting heavily as he met the surprise in Sirius's gaze, dazed and delirious and glossy in their appetite. Jesus Christ, Remus. He breathed out heavily, letting his body go limp in Remus's arms as he let one hand drift lazily up the length of his body to push the hair from his face damp from their closeness. How dare you? Remus whispered into the curve of Sirius's throat, feathering delicate kisses over the sharp angle of his Adam's apple. That's twice you've used my love of hosier against me. A soft laugh bubbled up from Sirius's throat, vibrating Remus's lips above it, and it left Remus clutching tighter at Sirius's ribs, reveling in the sound of Sirius's laughter, in the weight of Sirius in his arms. Did you at least get to enjoy it, or were you too worried about Pete finding out our secret? He asked, the roughness of his voice through overused vocal and the sweat glistening in the graying hair at his temples, and the exhausted heaving of his chest suddenly presenting Remus with a clear reminder of what Sirius looked like when he was spent with pleasure. Remus absently licked his lips. Oh, was Pete here? I didn't notice. Remus replied with a self-satisfied grin as Sirius playfully rolled his eyes, but he could see the pink tinting Sirius's pale cheeks in the dark. Hi was too busy thinking about making love to your hair and shamelessly ogling your thighs in those rags you call trousers. An immediate rise in Sirius's brow. My thighs, he clarified with a hum in his voice, far too pleased with this discovery. Remus replied by biting down on his lip. When did this become a thing? When you showed up ten years older with different dimensions. Remus mused, his hands roving down to Sirius's thighs so he could press his fingers into them to savor the give of Sirius's skin. At the same time, he nuzzled his face close to Sirius's cheek to feel the grate of his facial hair, to hear his breath even out as he relaxed, to smell the coconut hibiscus hair product that Remus knew from childhood. Oh, am I thicker than I used to be, Remus? Sirius toyed, wrapping his arms around Remus's neck and tightening his reach to pull Remus even closer, and Remus paused to appreciate the subtle creaking of the denim around Sirius's biceps, struggling to accommodate to their widening and flexing. In more places than one, apparently. He pressed a wet, open kiss to the side of Sirius's neck. Don't get your hopes up. A breathy laugh moved from Sirius's lips, growing in weight and gathering in heat as Remus's kiss sank closer to Sirius's collarbone. My cock hasn't gotten any bigger. At Sirius's unexpectedly brazen choice of words, Remus sucked in an overly deep, aching breath. Honestly, thank God. If you were any bigger, you'd suffocate me to death. Remus grinned against Sirius's skin, his kisses stalled as he pulled back to look at Sirius's face, fingers, and Sirius's collar. I don't recall you ever struggling to accommodate me, Sirius insinuated with a sinister, needy expression, voracious eyebrow risen high, his black eyeliner darkening the shadow across his face. In fact, 
If I'm remembering correctly, Sirius started pausing until Remus looked up at him so Remus could watch him speak what Remus knew would lean to ruin. You used to beg me to fuck you in the mouth. God, fuck. Remus immediately moaned swiftly, pulling Sirius's hips to the edge of the counter, but he stopped short, not pressing in. Instead, he took a slow, regulated breath in some effort to calm himself down, laughing desperately. I am not walking out of this room with a hard-on, Sirius. I don't know about you, but I'm already there, Mooney. Sirius teased, seductively nibbling on his bottom lip. Without a breath of hesitation, Remus let his eyes glance down to Sirius's hips and back up again, finding Sirius looking back with a shit-eating grin. I wasn't sure you'd look, but I'm rather pleased you did. With a roll of his eyes and a smile too large to hide, Remus pushed Sirius back, stepping away. Fuck you, you insatiable prick. Remus laughed, cursing just to watch Sirius's chest rise with eager breath. That fucked up thing Remus had for Sirius's voice. Sirius had the same thing for Remus swearing. Come over here and say that to my face. Sirius taunted, sitting up and leaning over with his elbows on his knees. And Remus did step over, only to plant a delicate kiss to the tip of Sirius's nose. So, how much do we tell them? Remus asked, shifting his voice into clinical conversation so he could try to stop hearing a loop of Sirius saying the words, Beg me to fuck you in the mouth. For a while, Sirius stayed silent, wordlessly surveying Remus with narrowed eyes and a mischievous curve in the corner of his lips. You know, I think this whole being a secret thing gets you off. I haven't gotten off at all yet, actually, Remus corrected. Through no fault of mine, he grumbled back, shooting Remus an annoyed expression before continuing with his original thought. What I'm saying is, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Remus stifled a laugh, warranting a look from Sirius. Sorry, I just... In this instance, the cake is a euphemism for your cock, and the sentiment still works, because I would put either one in my mouth. Sirius stared blankly at him, blinking furiously. You pick right now to say something like that. After all the years we spent together, thinking that I never rubbed off on you, and Remus interrupted, well, you rubbed off against me a lot. Remember that time in the back of James's car? Remus, oh my god. Sirius growled, holding him by the shoulders while Remus kept grinning. Is this what it's like dealing with me? No wonder you always seem so exhausted when I'm around. Christ, tell me about it, Remus sighed playfully, struggling to keep his smile concealed, though I was usually exhausted for other reasons when you were around. The smile broke through. With a pitiful pout, Sirius batted his lashes. Am I exhausting you right now? He asked in an overly innocent tone. Before giving his answer, Remus leaned in to tenderly unsettle Sirius's lips again in a feather-soft kiss, letting it naturally escalate until he could feel Sirius's pulse rise in his throat. No, he breathed into Sirius's mouth. Right now, I feel fucking euphoric. Just from a few kisses? Sirius asked, intentionally lowering his voice into that cavernous place at the 
base of his throat that made him sound hungry and desperate, knowing it drove Remus mad. Just from kissing you, from touching you, from listening to you sing, from waking up with you on my chest. Remus listed, placing a kiss against Sirius's lips with every addition, from everything about you. You're flattering me because you know I'm about to give you an ultimatum, Sirius huffed, but he craned his neck back all the same to let Remus's lips take the space of his expansive and elegant throat. Oh, is that what you were about to do? Remus asked casually, his kisses growing heavier. I feel like I'm lying to James, Sirius confessed rather suddenly. I don't like it. With a sigh, Remus pulled back, pushing his lips to one side. I know what you mean. And as long as you don't get all righteous on me again and say we're moving too fast, I feel like I should resent that. Then I'm fairly certain we're going to have sex in the very near future. Does right here on this countertop work all right for you? Remus asked politely, intentionally using the same acquiescent smile he used on customers. While Sirius side-eyed him, it was surely meant to look exasperated, but it came off looking like he was giving that consideration some serious thought. Remus, the point is, Sirius said before a very paused charge. Wait, wait, that was a joke, right? With an amused furrow of his brow, Remus replied under a woeful laugh. Honestly, I'm not entirely sure. And Sirius seethed out a heated breath through tightly clenched teeth while Remus tried to make it better by making it infinitely worse. I mean, if I'm being frank, if you were to touch me, I'd probably fully lose my mind, Sirius. I truly don't know that I'd have any control left to stop once I... A smirk flourished across Sirius's face. I forgot that you ramble when you get nervous. Or overstimulated, Remus grinned bashfully before taking a deep, calming breath. Which is entirely your fault, since you forced me to actually consider leaping onto that countertop with you. Can you imagine how pissed Marlene would be if she found out? Sirius laughed, mouth wide, showcasing that glinting silver metal that adorned his tongue. Remus swallowed at the sight of it. And she would find out because you're so fucking loud, Remus teased, his fingers finding their way up underneath the hem of Sirius's t-shirt, taking a deep breath at the yield of Sirius's plush skin. Am I? Sirius's eyebrow rose. A lot has changed in ten years. Maybe I learned to be quiet. God, I hope not. Remus growled, aggressively opening Sirius's lips with his own so he could slide his tongue into Sirius's mouth to feel that stud again. When Sirius moaned, it wasn't quiet at all. Weren't we talking about something? Sirius asked distractedly between long, languid kisses. You were giving me an ultimatum, Remus reminded him, although he wasn't sure why he had. Right, Sirius said but it was several more seconds of reverent exploration of Remus's mouth before he spoke again. Even then, his words were broken by more kissing. If we start having sex... When? Remus very firmly corrected, sucking softly for a moment on Sirius's bottom lip. Mm, yes, thank you. Sirius exhaled heavily. Oh, when we start having sex... If we keep hiding everything from everyone, it's going to make the whole thing seem scandalous and sordid. 
I'm sorry, are either of those things not attractive to you? Remus laughed. To show the rolling of his eyes, Sirius pulled back, but his hands were made buried deep in Remus's auburn curls. I just mean, keeping it a secret is going to make it feel, I don't know, like we're ashamed of it or something. Sirius whined, his breath still coming up awfully short. Like you're ashamed of me. Sirius, Remus said his name carefully, gently. Is that how you feel now? Sirius lowered his head, but the wince gave his reply first. A little? God, I'm so sorry. Remus groaned, pulling Sirius to his chest and squeezing him tightly. That's not... I never meant to hide you. Everyone knows I'm still in love with you. That's not a secret. Remus adjusted his hold on Sirius again just so he could watch the rose blush sweep over Sirius's cheeks. Even though you're crawling back to the guy you dumped ten years ago? He asked in a small voice, rather sheepishly, like he was afraid that if he spoke it out loud, it would make it true. Serious, Remus said with a disbelieving laugh. I am crawling back to you, as I should be, on my fucking hands and knees, because I don't deserve you. Before Sirius could argue that point, Remus intercepted it. The fact that I'm even allowed to hear your voice again is a miracle, much less that I get to watch you sing to me, or run my fingers through your hair, or taste that new metal in your mouth. At this, Sirius's brow spiked brashly. How is it, by the way, living up to your expectations? Fuck, Remus growled emphatically, teeth clenched and fingers tense on Sirius's waist, making a dramatic showing of letting his head fall back and his eyes roll closed to translate his ecstasy. I'll take that as a yes. Sirius grinned, somehow looking proud and coy all at once. I didn't want to keep it a secret because I wanted to hide you. I kept it a secret because I didn't want to share you, he stated plainly, because I wanted to spend a lot of fucking time alone with you. In that case, Sirius said, moving his hands to Remus's face, his thumb ghosting over Remus's lips as his eyes focused on the movement it caused. I'll let you decide. What do we tell them? We've been in here far too long to pretend like we didn't talk at all, Remus reasoned. Then, let's compromise, Sirius suggested, looking rather pleased with this solution. We pretend that we've only just made up. Around James and Pete and Lil, we start over, become friends again. I feel like I'm really going to like the next part, Remus smiled wickedly. In private, we pick up right here, right where we are, with me between your legs. I like where your mind goes, Mooney. At first, Remus was giddy with this proposal. It was everything he was asking for, along with everything he thought he didn't deserve to ask for. Still, his mind circled back to Sirius's concern from earlier, keeping each other a secret, lying to their friends. But if we start having sex, when... Sirius very firmly corrected with a devilish smirk, stealing an immediate kiss. Won't that... Make it feel scandalous, like you said? At first, Sirius sighed, like he hadn't thought of that, and Remus tried to reason it out. I don't want you to ever feel like I'm ashamed of you. 
It's hard to explain how it feels different in my head, Sirius laughed, making a face. I guess if they know we're talking and they see us falling in love all over again, by then, nothing will be a secret. It's not like we need to make an announcement that we're sleeping together again, right? Right, Sirius said with a confident clinical nod. We don't need permission to have sex. Speaking of which, we should start working on that immediately, Remus exhaled. Does right here on this countertop work all right for you? Sirius asked, flashing a wild grin.